Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. This is Rick, and I'm going to be talking to you about choices again. Thank you so much for listening yesterday. Uh, A lot of great feedback. I appreciate that. I appreciate any constructive criticism as well. Um, Welcome to episode two. And this episode, we're going to unpack our bags. And when I say unpack our bags, I'm going to jump right into it yesterday because I hit you with a lot of information. And after listening to it and getting some feedback, um, I want to unpack it a little more. So when we talk about choices, and you'll get to learn more about me as we go forward, and and I want to share that with you too because that's kind of what I base my experience off of. So when we talked about choices yesterday, we talked about three different type of choices. And what I want to talk to you about today is the first choice that a lot of us seem to make. It was my biggest one was event. That means when something happens plus reaction equals what we get. And I really want to focus on this one because this one is really where you run into trouble. You run into your problems because you're reacting to a situation or a circumstance that has happened. And we know from yesterday when we react, we always get what we get. And I really want you to understand something when I say react. Um, And it always sounds great when you talk about, you know, you hear someone talking and I've heard this, you know, well, you just can't, you just can't react. You know, you got to, you got to think about things. But for some of us, thinking about things are harder than reacting, if we're honest. I know that's what it was for me. It's just simple. An event would happen, something would happen, and I would react, usually not in a proper manner, um, angrily or however it is, and I would always get what I get. And what I found is over time, with a lot of prayer, I was able to stop reacting and start responding. But you have to understand something When I talk about this for me personally, and I don't know how many of you out there would feel the same way, is the reaction, it's not just a reaction. It's actually a physical response. And the physical response comes from the event that's happening in front of us. When I tell you there's no magic pill for this, it's hard and it's hard work. It's hard work to stop yourself from reacting to anything that comes up in your life. You get into an argument with your spouse. Uh, Your child makes you angry. People at work make you angry. And instead of reacting, which again, to clarify, is an emotional reaction, it's actually physical, personally, to be able to stop an emotional reaction. You can't just say, I'm going to stop reacting physically. No. Because it's an, it's an innate internal response to a traumatic situation. It doesn't have to be super traumatic. It could just be someone assaulting you verbally. For some people like me, it was just someone questioning what I did. And I would immediately get defensive and respond. And after years and years and years and years and many years of reacting that way. So you would come home at the end of the day and just be exhausted. Even younger. 
full of life and energy. I would be exhausted by the amount of reaction in my life, not knowing that that's what was exhausting me. And I find it amazing that when I talk to people, you know, they just look at you when you say to them, (laughs) and I know I, I probably looked at a bunch of other people and I think to myself, well, that's easy for you to say, but you're not dealing with what I'm dealing with. You're, you're not up against the things that I'm up against. Well, how do I know? See, I just wrapped them up and put them in a box. And while I appreciated the advice, they still weren't giving me the answer as to how to stop reacting so that I could start changing my outcome. And I'll say to you, honestly, this is going to take work. If you're this type of reactionary person, it's going to take time. You can't expect it to happen overnight. It definitely didn't happen overnight for me. And what you have to understand is you have to recognize immediately that this is physical. And it takes a lot of concentration not to react to things. So when events come and you're about to respond, you have to physically pull yourself back. And when you start to practice this, I mean, it's going to take a lot of practice. You'll start to respond in a way where you're going to start getting what you want. Because if you can't stop the physical reaction... You're always going to be stuck on that wheel. And again, I like to say stuck on that hamster wheel because it's what I like in life too. When we're stuck, it's like running on a hamster wheel. And I talked about that yesterday. But at the end of the day, it's truly what it's like. We have to change. It's the reason why I'm doing this podcast. God called me months ago to do this podcast. And I opened up, the, I opened up this app. I looked at it, closed it. First time I recorded one, threw it away. It didn't feel right. Yesterday was a little bit hesitant because sitting in the parking lot talking to your phone, I don't have a big studio booth, is awkward. But what I want to get across isn't awkward, and what God's leading me to definitely isn't awkward. And that's why I'm happy that now I'm able to start answering his call takes me time because I'm hard-headed. I'm like that young kid who's just hard-headed and thinks he knows everything. And I definitely don't. And that's why that's why I think um, <clears throat> after talking to my son last night, I really like the intern at life because that's truly what I am. You know, interns, they're in college. They're still learning. They want to know everything. And I do. I want to soak up everything. So when it comes to choices and it comes to this reaction, you really have to focus every day in the morning, pray. Lord, help me to help me to not be a reactive person. Help me to think before I respond. But I promise you, you're really going to have to concentrate every single day. It's a it's a physical Stopping of what's so natural to us. Physically, we have to stop ourselves from acting the way we've always acted. I'll give you an example. When I used to smoke cigarettes, 
and I was traveling, you know, years ago when I went into the Marines, they, you were allowed to smoke on the planes in the back. And for years it was like that. And then, you know, smoking got bad. We all know that. So we stopped. So when I stopped, I always remember when I first started out, I would be on the plane and the first time I was getting ready to land on a plane, the first thought in my head was, oh, we're landing. I could go have that cigarette. And I have to say to myself, oh, wait, you don't do that anymore. When you first stop smoking, you have to physically stop yourself from reaching for the cigarettes. It's like, it's built in habit, habit. And how do you form a habit? By constantly repeating it. How do you break a habit? By physically stopping doing something. So cigarettes is, is just an example. It's it's a little bit of an easier one because you know that you know what the what the outcome's gonna be there. You're gonna stop yourself from from hurting yourself. But when it comes to reacting, it's so much different. But not because it's physical. Reacting to something is almost addictive. We don't know it. It's a habit formed so deep inside of us <clears throat> that we can't even we can't even recognize when it's happening. So in the beginning, it's going to be very hard for you to do this. But I encourage you, if you start your day with prayer, constantly going into the day saying to myself, I am not going to react. I'm going to try and respond every day. No matter what the situation is, and trust me, in the beginning, and if 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 you are a Christian, you know when you gave your life to Christ. I tell this to people all the time. It gets harder. To live for Christ is certainly harder than to live out in the world acting like a fool or just living for myself. You know, that was easy. There was no thought in that. I just ran around and did what I wanted to do. So when you talk about living for Christ, it's the same kind of thing as stopping a reactionary response in your life. Uh, I just want to paint a clear enough picture to understand that you physically have to stop yourself from reacting to situations. And when you do that, it's one of the most freeing things ever. When you actually achieve that, it's freeing because you don't have to worry about, well, a reaction is going to get me whatever I want, but now I'm starting to respond. So nine out of 10 times, I'm going to get what I get. I get what I want. So I think to myself, every single day I wake up in the morning and I pray, I read again, one verse a day. If it has to be one verse a day, one verse a day, put on a pastor. I love listening to, to these pastors that are out there now because God is moving, folks. He's moving. And people are waking up. And more people are coming to Christ than ever before. And the way you stay on track in your life is through prayer. That's how I do it. And that's the only thing I know. Because what did I say yesterday? Without Jesus, I suck. It's just a fact. It is what it is. I'm never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be able to step into his shoes. 
But every day I strive to be more like him so that I could bring something positive into somebody's life. That doesn't always work. I'm not always perfect, but that's what I try to do. And it's been a long road, and I keep trying. But I refuse to stay on the hamster wheel now. You have to get off. You have to try something different. You have to stop reacting. Start responding. And again, it's going to be physical. We have to make sure that we understand how physical this is going to be. It's not going to be easy. It's just not. And it's going to take work and it's going to take commitment like anything else in our lives. Changing our behaviors and changing how we do things and changing how we we react takes time. It takes work. It takes conscious effort when we understand what we are to make that change because the other part is so normal. You know, it's like, I think about I think about my my family and how I grew up. We grew up, you know, we were we were uh, we were stonebreakers. We broke each other's chops all the time. Sometimes we still do. But back when we were growing up, it was it was more vicious. Like who's going to make who flip out? You know how can we do that? How can I really set him off? How can I set her off? Most of the time it was them winning by setting me off because I was easy. You could, you could poke me very little ways and I would flip out. You, you could poke me in a stronger way, I'd flip out. And I think to myself, wow, how easy it was for people to do that to me. And it wasn't just my, my brother or my sister or my dad. or <clears throat> I don't know that my mom was really a... I don't know if she was a chop buster, but I remember in the back of my head, she was always my voice of reason. Oh, like I told you yesterday, for years, I did not like her at all. <clears throat> but when I got to know her, <laughs> when we grow up a little, right, and we get to know them, we get to understand the things that they were faced with. And a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of my family was reactionary. We're all very, very reactive, um, always on guard, defensive, and it's because we broke each other's chops all the time. And I think to myself, you know, again, like I said yesterday, that's an environment with which we grew up in, but it's not what dictated our choices. We still chose what we chose. We still reacted the way we reacted. And for me, I still got what I got. You know, and there's, 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 a lot, there's a lot more to my story. And we'll get into that as we go. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, what I really want you to understand is to make these changes, it's going to be physical. It's going to take conscious effort. And you're going to have to really focus on what you're doing and how you're reacting. And, and honestly, the only way to do that is through prayer, reading. For me, again, it was Philippians 4.13. I could do all through Christ who strengthens me. But you know, there's a lot of, there, there, there's a lot of ways to do that. I told you yesterday about the, about the job that I had where everything changed overnight and God was working out of me, you know, what, 
what he was doing about, you know, needing to have that pat on the back, needing for everybody to like me. But if that was 10 years ago, my reactions would have been totally different. Another company I worked for 10 years ago, when something would happen, <clears throat> something would go wrong or, or a mistake was made at, at the job, um, the first thing I would do is research it. The second thing I would do is find out what happened so that I understood before I went in there. And I remember, oh, how many years ago this was? I don't know, it was probably about 2013. And the situation happened. And basically, someone tried to, someone tried to make it as though it was my fault that this happened because of me and I knew it didn't because if it did you know it's funny and I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole about when you make a mistake how to handle that we could talk about that another time but I was one who when I made a mistake I would get out in front of it I would go right into my boss let them know exactly what happened I would come with a solution right or wrong but at least I'm offering something and just let them know right away at the cost of my job or not the cost of my job and I was just talking last night and I was I was uh, talking about how one example was when I was driving a garbage truck. I came out of a parking lot. The gas pedal stuck. I had been writing it up, but the gas pedal stuck. Long story short, going about seven or eight miles an hour, I couldn't turn the wheel back fast enough, cut a telephone pole in half. And it had the transformer box on it and everything. So I cut out the power to everybody on that road. <clears throat> it was a long road. And I got on the microphone and I I just got on the radio and said, you know, uh, told them what happened. And I said, I understand I may not have a job because they were a little crazy back then. I may not have a job, so I'm going to go ahead and get a ride home. They told me, stay with the truck. Not in a nice way. They were yelling, cursing, screaming and all of that. And I could have made up 25 different excuses because I was great. I had, my mind works quick. I got a million things back there ready to spew at anybody at ever get any given moment in time. But I, I told the truth of what happened and this is, this is what it is. Kept my job, but I was honest. Regardless of the circumstances, I had to be honest. Fast forward to this other situation and I wasn't good when people yelled at me. So this situation turns out uh, a couple of my bosses are there, the ones on the phone and the big boss is questioning us and I have the answers. I know what's going on. And the other one on the other end of the phone says that, well, you know, I didn't know about this. Basically making it sound like I didn't communicate what happened and didn't have him in the loop via email or conversations the entire time that all the stuff leading up to this event was happening. And so, in classic Rick style, I flipped out. Immediate, somebody calls me out on something and I know I didn't do it wrong. I was all over it. And I didn't care that it was the president and the senior vice president of sales. I didn't care because nobody's going to call me a liar. Nobody's going to call Rick a liar. Nobody, nobody, nobody is ever going to 
put me down, make me look bad in front of anybody. And when I tell you that that's as instinctual as it gets for me, people will tell you when I'm right or I'm in a situation that's combative, I never back down. Even if it was driven by fear. If it was a fight, I wouldn't back down. You never show weakness. That's what I was taught. Now I show it all the time. I'm like this big sloppy sponge, hot mess, crying everywhere when I get upset. It is what it is. But I found out that crying is healing, remember? I said that yesterday. Crying is healing. I wish we'd teach our kids that crying is okay. Anyway. So I just, I flipped out. And when the president hung up the phone, he looked at me and said, is he telling the truth? I said, I don't, I don't know if he's telling the truth about the rest of the stuff that he said, but I guarantee you that everybody on the email was in the loop and everybody knew about this situation for a month and a half. He said, I didn't know. I said, well, the guy I report to knows. I understand you're the president, but he knew. And the thing was, is my attitude was so defiant that in most places you would probably get fired for acting the way I acted. But I didn't. And he respected that because when I made mistakes, I went in and owned up on them. I went right in there as soon as I made a mistake. And I promise you folks, if you make mistakes in your life, there's no hiding from them. You can't hide them. And sooner or later, they come out. I've made so many of them. And early on in my life, I lied about so many things. And it was just it was just futile. It catches up with you. It really, really does. And there's no getting away from it. The more lies you tell, the more you forget them, the more you get wrapped up in it. And sooner or later, you get, you get caught. What does it say? The truth shall set you free. I can't stress that enough. The truth for me is paramount in my life. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the outcome's going to be, I can't lie. There's just no point to it. And now I'm able to stop myself from reacting. So fast forward again to the job where nobody liked me. And I had people shooting looks at me and I promise you, anybody who knows me, anybody who asks, when people treat me like that, my defenses go up and you don't know what you're going to get. Because the reactions, I have just as much. My wife says that I look like Jack Nicholson from The Shining when I get mad. (laughs) It's just this stare Like I'm looking up at people with my eyebrows up and everybody knows. My son will tell you, he's mad, the eyebrows up. What eyebrow? That one. Okay. But when I stopped reacting, it got me further. Because everything that started to come out of my mouth in a situation or every body motion that that came out of my body was thoughtful. Then again, I wouldn't say that happened all the time. My problem is I wear my emotions all over me. People know exactly what they're getting 
when they see me. It's very hard for me to fake happiness. It's it's it was very hard for me for years to fake being nice to people if I had a problem with them. And the problem for me with that was I was in sales. You have to be nice to to buyers and everybody. But the problem is I wore my thing I I wore it like a like a badge right across my chest. It was all over my face. I can't hide my emotions. So I had to learn another way to deal with it and not tuck it away, but compartmentalize my feelings so that I can get through my day. And I learned a trick over the years for that person that just rubs you the wrong way. God showed me that helped me stop reacting. God showed me and taught me empathy. Because I used to have I used to have this buyer years and years ago and I'm I'm going back 20 years. It's my first sales job. 20 years and this person was just the angriest person I'd ever met. And I made a pact to myself because it was just so hard to deal with this person that I had a hard time even getting on the phone and calling to take care of business. <clears throat> it was such a struggle that I ripped the phone out of the wall in the showroom one day because I was just so frustrated by her. And I think back to that time and I, I, I made a decision the day after that that no matter what happens, if this person never buys another thing from me again, I'm going to get them to like me. You see that? See the parallel 20 years ago? to not worrying about that. I had to have her like me. It was my mission. I didn't even care about the sale anymore. She's got to like me. Why does she not like me? Why does she treat me like this? I don't get it. Again, all the way back then, I was still fighting to have people like me. But as I went through the years and I met a lot of people over the years, ran into people in airports, some I knew, some I didn't know. It could have been other sales reps from other companies. But the thing that I learned is that If I take a step back when somebody's that angry and nasty and ask myself, what's going on in their life that makes them like this? Nobody's this angry. Nobody could possibly be this angry every single time I talk to them or every single time I see this person. Why are they so angry? When you could do that, when you could look at somebody I promise you, and that takes time. It does. It takes time. But if you could stop yourself from looking at somebody and just not liking them because of how they how they act or how they treat you, and you could think to yourself, what is it that happened to that person to make them treat other people this way? What is it? Well, if you would have if you would have met me when I was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, If you would have met me, you would have thought the same thing. Holy cow, that's one angry dude. I got to stay away from him. There's something wrong with him. And that's what people thought. Dangerous, violent, prone to fight. I would fight. I would fight at the drop of a hat. Most of the time it was out of fear. And it was a twofold fear. That's the funny thing. The fear, one, was of looking weak. 
The second fear, if it was a fight, was getting hurt. I fought on pure adrenaline. And I had such chip on my shoulder that it didn't matter. I looked at it like this. I'm going to fight. They're going to know they were in a fight even if they beat me because nobody's invincible. So the karate dojo teacher taught my daughter. He said, there's someone out there that could beat me up. I just haven't met him yet. <laughs> but it's the truth. So when, when I used to look at how I reacted and how I responded and how people perceived me, it's so funny when you could go back and look. And hopefully for some of you who are younger that may listen to this, trust me when I tell you this is not the end of life. It's not. This problem you're facing, what's going on in your life, it's not the end. It's only just the beginning. It's how you're viewing things. So if you could go and look at the person across from you or that person who is that sticking point in your life and you could say to yourself, what happened to them that makes them like that? And if you put yourself on a mission to find out why they're like that, it'll change everything in your interaction with that person because you won't be worried about how they're treating you. You'll be worried about what happened to them that made them like this? Empathy. And see, that person, that first buyer who was so mean to me, I found out later on <clears throat> that they were going through the worst divorce of their life. And it just seemed like every time they were having a bad day, I was there. I'm sure they had many more. That's how I had to look at it <laughs> to make myself feel better. I had to look at it as she must have been she must have been having her bad days every single day that she saw me. That's how I felt. It wasn't the case. I'm sure there were a lot of a, a lot of bad days. And we're friends today. And why? Back then it wasn't because I was looking for empathy. God showed me that I looked for empathy without even realizing it. See, sometimes he'll do things for you that you don't even realize what he's doing. But as you start to get more in tune, one a verse a day. I can't stress that enough. I mean, I literally used to get through a verse. If there was a verse 9 and 10 and it looked like a paragraph, I would read 9. Because I couldn't get through 10. I didn't, have the, I didn't have the ability to read more than two lines from the Bible. I could tear through books later on in life on a plane, but not that Bible. And one day God showed me I have to get the noise out of my life. And he showed me to read, to pray. And he showed me what that does in my life. In every season with prayer, you can overcome anything with God. Because it says in the Bible, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That means the Christ that you accepted in your heart is greater than the devil that roams the earth, looking to devour whomever he can. And again, Philippians 4.13, I go back to it every single day. Philippians 4.13, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Isaiah 40.31, they shall run and not be weary. I have that bracelet, one of those rubber band type bracelets on my, on my thing, on my wrist, on my thing, on my wrist. 
Run and be not weary. It's a reminder every day. The cross that I wear has Philippians 4.13 on it. It's a reminder. And you know, it's funny when I'm struggling. If I'm wearing that cross, I may I may run into something or, or like or or touch something and it's there. And when I touch it, it it brings me back. You know, and every time I used to go into the prison, I used that because it's like it's almost like it's almost like I needed it. I need to see these guys. I need to feel that and we haven't been able to do that in this season because of coronavirus. And I miss those guys, you know? I want to see them. And that helps me. It helps keeps me grounded because I I live by a motto that even when it's bad for me and this is the truth and Again, not perfect, but what I wrap my head around so that I can move forward every day is there's always somebody out there who has it worse than you do. And that old saying, if everybody threw their bag of problems out in the street and and were told you could go get any bag you want out there, everybody's going out and grabbing their own. Because you know what's in your bag But you don't know what's in anybody else's bag. And when you look at that analogy, if you take that analogy and you put it as an application in your life, and if you wouldn't go pick up that other person's problems, you would still go back and pick up your own. Then why wouldn't you have empathy for for a person who may not treat you right when you don't know what's causing them not to treat you right? You don't know how far back it goes. You don't know how deep that bag is. We all like to say that we're just carrying around our little, you know, you know, our little brown bag lunch. Well, that person, that person across from you, that person who's not being nice, their bag might be a 30 gallon leaf bag. They might be carrying a whole dumpster on their back that day. We don't know what people are going through. But that song always comes back to me. I think it's... I'm going to have to find it for you. But I think his name is Brandon, his first name anyway. And that song is, Give Me Your Eyes, Lord, so I can see the people how you see them. And I ask him that every day. Give me your eyes. Not in those words, but help me to, help me to see people Not for what they appear to be, but for who they are. And let me see people how they are. And not let me react, Lord. Please don't let me react. It's physical, folks. When I tell you it's physical, it's physical. It's going to take work. But I know, I know for a fact that if I could change the way I reacted... And I could start making those decisions. There's no way that you can't. But it's going to take work. And you have to be committed. And if you've reached the point where you're tired enough to just not feel in that way anymore. I know I used to get so tired. When you're tired enough to not feel that way anymore. With prayer, verse a day, and help from others. You'll be able to change that reactionary response and stop getting what you get and move on to 
um, getting, you know, what you want. Who wants to end up in situations because we reacted? Who wants to, you know, be out at a dinner and some, you know, some guy comes up to you and says something stupid or bumps into you? What am I going to do now? I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up and punch that guy in the face because he bumped into me. Oh, no, he made me feel less of a man. The number one killer spoken about in the Bible, the number one killer is pride. And I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a poem for you or a story actually the next time that talks about that very thing and talks about um, how we build walls and talks about it. Well, if you think about it in the Bible, who did God say he was going to use as a cornerstone? On this rock, I will build my church, Peter, right? So... Think about the size of the rock you would have to use to have the foundation of a church and you'll think about the amount of pride we have as human beings. And I could tell you more than anybody. I got a tattoo on the back of my arms that says pride. The other side says Italian. But just the fact that I have the word pride on the back of my arms speaks volumes as to the mentality that I carried through my life. I had so much pride and yet nothing to base that pride on. Because I was such an emotionally reactive person that I always got what I got. There was never a choice in the matter. It never changed. And thank God today, he gives me that choice to be able to stop the reaction and put more thought into it. And I pray that for each and every one of you. And I hope that this message helps someone. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys again soon. And I would just, once again, love to close with a prayer. Father, I come to you once again, and I don't know who it is that you're using me to touch or who it is that'll be helped or who it is that'll listen to this message that you put forth. But I ask, Lord, that you just bring everybody through their day today or whenever they listen to this, just to let them know that they're loved, they're cared about, and that this isn't the end of the road. Whatever you're facing now, whatever they're facing, can definitely be changed. I'm living, walking, talking proof about the changes that can be made when you trust in God. And in this day and age, Lord, we just ask that you, you give us the strength to go through our days no matter what we're facing. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we pray this, and we ask this in our Savior's name, Christ. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoy this one. I'm going to be back, hopefully, tomorrow to bring you another one. And we'll keep going from there. Whoever hears this, I hope it helps you. I know that for weeks I had been waking up later, and he keeps waking me up early. And it's on my heart. It's on my mind when I go to bed at night. Um, so I leave you with that. I hope you have a wonderful day, wonderful night, whatever time you listen to this. God bless you and keep reading. Please feel free to message my um, 
the account on here and um, you could also email me at rick r-i-c-k at rickpassarelli.com that's rick r-i-c-k at r-i-c-k-p-a-s-s-a-r-e-l-l-i dot com have a blessed day thanks again